Welcome to the Order Up Show, the operations management podcast presented by Ops Analytica. Hey, it's Tommy from Ops Analytica. I've learned a couple of interesting little facts over the last couple of weeks. The first came from one of our clients who did some internal research on their locations. And what they figured out was that the locations that did their Ops Analytica diligently had 89% higher customer satisfaction ratings than the stores that did not. So if you want to increase customer satisfaction, the easiest way to do that is to implement Ops Analytica and start managing your locations and make them more effective, right? The other thing that I learned recently was from interviewing um, a director of training and culture at a very popular bar chain. And what they were saying was from all the research they were watching is that customer satisfaction is uh, one of the most important factors right now because prices have gone up, people are going out less. And so when they go out, they are demanding that they get what they're paying for, right? And whereas somebody might've given you two or three chances in the past, now what they're finding is they're only giving you one chance because they have a lot of options and they're not going to waste their money um, when things are more expensive. So it's a double whammy, guys. Right now, if your customers want more value, they want more customer satisfaction when they come to your locations and Ops Analytica can give you 89% better customer satisfaction than you have today. Thanks. Check us out, OpsAnalytica.com. Hey there, Order Up Show. It's Tommy, and I am back with a new episode, and I am super excited to welcome my guest all the way from Egypt, Mr. Mohammed Abdelaziz. Hello, Mohammed. How are you today? Very good. Thank you so much for this uh, nice introduction. Perfect. How oh, are thank you? you. I'm doing great, man. What time is it there? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it's 6 p.m. Oh, that's not horrible. That's not bad at all. I thought it was going to be like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. No, no. We are six, now 6, 6.20 exactly. Wow. Awesome. Well, Mohammed, thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. And as I told you earlier, we do five questions on the show every time the same five questions. My The first question is my favorite. So here you go. Explain what you do today then take us through your career progression from your first job until now. Okay, firstly, the, my pleasure to be joining you on this um, nice interview. Uh, my role right now is the Director of Operation on Movan Back uh, in Egypt under the umbrella of the Akur Hotels and Resorts. Um, simply, my, my job, Mark, is uh, it's the Assistant to GM, so replacing the GM, running the operation, and the uh, make the uh, sure that the guess is satisfied um, all around his experience. Start my career in 1996 uh, with Hilton in Egypt as um, a busboy or a waiter. Then uh, yeah. I spent with the with the Hilton uh, spent with them nine years and in Egypt in total, and I left them as the uh, beverage manager. Then in 2000, uh, 2003, I joined um, Sheraton as the same position, beverage manager. Then um, 2004, 
during the full season worldwide as a, a bar supervisor. Then with the full season, I take the some position, make some um, uh, like enhancement my career. On 2010, I've been moved to uh, Seychelles Indian Ocean as a director of restaurant, moved back in 2012 to Egypt and Sharm el-Sheikh for a season as a director of season, a director of restaurant and in charge of the catering and the sales. Then on 2014, I moved to Cairo as a um, something called Gravity General Manager, which is first club for full season around the world. Then in 2015, I decided to leave the full season and work with the another. So I, read, I joined um, Radisson Blue as a director of food and beverage uh, for one year. Then we have the accident in Egypt. This is the Russian um, plane crashed. Then we've been yeah. some of the staff, most of the staff being laid out. Now I, I moved to Saudi as a, a ex executive assistant manager on one of the um, nice hotel or um, can be, can, you can say owner hotel called Casablanca. Uh, we did a very good job there for two years. Then I moved back to Egypt with a jazz group as EAM, ex executive assistant manager, um, or the assistant to the GM. Then on 2019, uh, joined moving back back to the chain after many years with the owner hotel. That's simply my career. Man, I love. Like I'm, I'm the same way. I started off making sandwiches, right? But I love to hear when right. people start off at like a busboy in a waiter position, and then now you've had well, what well, nine, six to now twenty-six sure. year career in hospitality. You've moved all over the world. How were the seashells, or the, how do you say the Seychelles? Very good, very good destination, but very tough destination in in terms of the. Um, Oh, not the staff. The staff little bit there is little bit um, quiet. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say slow, but they're quiet. They're um, the island uh, island atmosphere. And the product, sure. uh, very tough to get the product there. I mean, life is tired for us. And uh, the life is, is, is stopped at 7 o'clock in the evening. You know, there is no life. Yeah. And you know, yeah, but a very nice, uh, I mean, um, atmosphere, very nice uh, nature, just like paradise, but uh, no life. <laughs> sure, I understand. But I, it's hard I, to I get that too. I'll say that again. Sorry, Sorry? I cut you off. Uh, I cut you off. What did you say? No, I mean, I mean, it's uh, uh, I learned a lot from this experience. I, I learned how to be more creative more depend on uh, how you be out of the box uh, when you have any problem, how you solve it, because you have very limited resources. So you need to be very clever to using every single thing. That's interesting. And then your hotel that you work at today, would you consider that like a business hotel or a resort? It's a resort, four season. Oh. Got it. Yeah. Is it on the? Is it on the ocean? It's uh, in the Victoria on the ocean or Mahi. We call Mahi. Oh, wonderful! 
That sounds awesome. That's uh, one of the islands. We have 113 islands, but there are six islands who have the life and the rest is not. Sure, they're just trees and dirt. I got it. That That's awesome. Do you have sailing around there? Sorry? Do people go sailing around there? Do you have a marina? Yeah. Yep. 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 Ah, uh, you're, you're speaking my language right there. That's wonderful. Uh, we have Sichelois, which is mixed between English, English and French, and some of Africa. So you have some mixed uh, language. Got it. Who are your primary clientele at your resort? Like, are they vacate? They're obviously vacationers, but where are they coming from? Uh, you can say from it's from international. It's a honeymooner um, resort or honeymooner destinations. Um, sure. The minimum stay from seven to ten days because of the flight. Um, very expensive destination. The average room rate in that time, 2010, was 1,400 euro per night, bed and breakfast. Flight was very expensive, 15,000 15, bucks. Yeah. Whoa. So only the rich okay, can I, go there. I won't be visiting <laughs> you anytime soon then. <laughs> uh, but also there is a there is a, a economy, uh, I will not say hotel, but like a motel. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going, I'm going to the Four Seasons, man. I just got to save up for it. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that's an amazing career. It's so cool. Um. Let's go to the next question. What is the big project or initiative that you're working on right now? Uh. Right now, I'm working on the uh, plastic elimination. We work Ooh, right yeah. now in Egypt, especially in Korea, to just like kill any plastic to make it zero by 1-1-2023. So it's my project personally. I'm the one who is in charge of this one, plus the food waste elimination as well. So you're talking plastic water bottles. You're talking plastic. Um, yes. Yeah. Plastic the plastic water bottle, the straws, uh, the uh, um, the stereo, the, the, uh, the uh, rooms amenity, everything uh, called plastic. Now, when you say plastic elimination, you really mean just disposable bottles. Like you might hang, for instance, a shampoo bottle in the shower per se right that could be plastic but that's not disposable yes. it's reusable you're talking about just like the little shampoos and the little hand creams and stuff now, like that. even the shampoos and all this because we're gonna have dispenser we're gonna remove all these bottles we're gonna have dispenser so you can refill this one and this is not plastic it's it's um it's a uh, glass and the uh, the chassis or the hunger is a metal so you there is no plastic well, and what's great about that is obviously, for those of you who are who don't paying attention to this, there's so much plastic trash that's getting blown into the ocean, and then it's getting dissolved, and then the fish right. are eating it, and it's like the giant. There's the giant like continental size plastic thing out in the Pacific Ocean. That I mean, it's just disgusting and so sad, right? Right. And so, right. and you know, most of it's coming from like. They, they said it's five rivers in the world that are generating like 90% of this plastic, right? 
But like, yes. so let me ask you this, does that include putting in like, for instance, those water fountains that have the bottle fillers and then giving people water bottles when they check in? Is that one of your initiatives as well? Yeah, we're gonna, we, uh, right now, Egypt has been invented something called um, uh, a water, uh, golden water, which the, uh, the it's a tetra pack bottle, which uh, oh, the this paper can be, can be by uh, biogradable. So it's even, also it's uh, it's uh, uh, environmental things oh that's wonderful that's a really cool project that like you will feel yes. good about when you're done you know like because yeah. as yeah. you know what bottle i mean because you go to the restaurants like i used to work in a very busy nightclub bar we would throw away just trash cans full of bottles you know what i mean yeah like you know, yes. and I, I mean, granted with bottles, you can recycle them. With all these bottles, you can recycle them, but a lot of people aren't recycling them. They're just burning them. Did you know that? That's that's terrifying too. Yes, yes. But even if you recycle, how many you're gonna recycle and how it's dangerous to recycle the bottle, the plastic again. And each time people oh, yeah. do the recycle, it's, it's gonna be very dangerous for the people. I mean, it's not even healthier. Yep. So here's an interesting little side aside one of my neighbors and a friend of mine he does paint recycling and yeah. it is it is amazing what they're they're doing it's crazy that they, they get the paint from people's homes that they didn't want to use and they literally like turn it into new paint and then it, it's a really cool thing but they're doing they're chopping up the paint bucket i mean it's a whole thing it's really cool i'm gonna get him on the podcast Moving on though, that's that is a cool, cool project. I, that's really okay. neat. Um, okay, question number three: What is the one thing in the industry or your business that's keeping you up at night? Uh, the guest satisfaction. <laughs> guest satisfaction. Yes, you cannot please everyone. <laughs> yeah. Right that's when for you, sure when you deal with <laughs> when you deal with 18 nationality from from different from europe from russian from egypt from arab then everybody has different expectation and yep. you're rolled uh, as uh, the number two because norm normally the number two who's taken all the the things to make everybody's happy and as same as your team so that's just the thing is make you always keeping up at the night yeah it, it must be difficult just from like because i went through the rich carlton training program you know the customer satisfaction training program that's so um back when i went through it was like early 2000s only rich carlton was kind of doing it but then the company that developed it for them was bringing it out to the world and you're familiar like don't just point walk somebody to where they're going you know try you know all that good customer service stuff and one of the things that we learned was to try to interpret the question right to try to understand what right. the personality type of the guest was so if the guest said hey how many ounces of how many ounces are this steak you could go oh this guy's a uh, analytical person because they care about the amount of ounces that are in the steak right so you could then tailor your answer and go, oh, it's an eight ounce steak with a six ounce baked potato or something like that. 
But when you have to do all of that, but then you also have to have a cultural sensitivity because you have so many international guests coming in, right? So you have to know that this person's Russian and he wants his vodka ice cold, whereas this guy might be from Thailand and he wants his vodka room temperature. And, And it's hard to, you have to train that kind of cultural sensitivity into your team that's got to be very that's going to be a lot of extra training it's uh been learned a lot from the first season and being around on the island in a city hotel on golf area on europe this is make my experience on this one uh, uh i believe it's good especially the time i spent with the full season was very good because they are totally uh on deep on this one sure that makes a lot of sense yeah i mean because they do operate in every country in the world like uh, in a high-end resort so they're always gonna they should have a lot of experience that they can impart to their to their crew but i can tell you something very simple when you deal with the people like a human i mean i mean you know you need to put yourself on this this situation and get shoes when you put you when you put there then then they can they can really um very in very good contact with you and gonna be easy with you to solve their problems yep you didn't have to be argue you didn't have to be just like a given uh, excuses it's just like be nature and be human yeah and understand well, that and those people come for vacation they have a lot of problem in their life and this and they come for a week or a few days to just like we enjoy so help them it's so true and like you know and be empathetic right like yeah it yeah. might not be a huge deal to you and they might be complaining about something that's really inconsequential like in the scheme of the world but to them at that moment, it's a huge deal. And like you said, you're a very expensive property. People pay a lot of money per night to get there. They're paying a lot of money for dinner and all their meals. And, you know, so yeah, just, hey, we're going to make it right. Like that's all people want. Yes. Don't argue with me. Just make it right, man. You Absolutely. know what I mean? I, we were, yes, I was a concierge right. in a, I was a concierge in a previous life at a, at a mall of all places in Hollywood, California, at like a shopping center, you know? And we we had the power to like, if somebody ripped, like somebody ripped their pants on one of our benches, we could go buy them a pair of pants. We could just yeah. solve their problem. You know what I mean? Because the ownership knew yes. if we take good care of these people, even though that's not what any other mall would ever do, they will keep shopping here. And because, you know, and if they keep coming and shopping here, we'll make more money. It was a really, it was a really kind of magical place, you know, when you when you're empowered to do stuff to solve problems. Yes, you're cool. right, right. Uh, but also, I think hospitality is a it's a personality trait, right? You have to be humble. You have to. It's a it's yeah, a personality trait that really onto it. But let me ask you this: in the United States of America we are having a horrible labor crisis for the for um service industry jobs right um are you guys having the same kind of labor shortage in egypt 
Yes, we do have. You know, um, uh, when we have a many crisis happened for the tourism in Egypt. You remember, it's uh, that what happened. The last revolution was 2012, before we have the Russian accident, uh, plane crashed. So the people start now to just like be away from this industry because it's always uh, do very cause and they have no money to spend for their uh, their family and then so everybody right now start to just like be away from the industry. Plus, you have the Gulf area, uh, Qatar's, uh, Saudi Emirates. They attract those people to give more money, get more um, different life. So we have a big short in this one. Uh, right now, what we're trying to do, we do like uh, we're approaching the uh, tourism school, uh, high school, and the um, the college to get uh, like a summer people, train them. We finish. Uh, we still we still playing on this one, and it's not really we're not satisfied, but uh, we have no other options. Sure, I I have some. Uh, I have some clients for my product. Uh, it's a hospital. It's a restaurant, hotel management uh, pl operations platform, and they're in Saudi Arabia, and they bring in a lot of employees from India. Yeah. Right. And then you have to provide housing and the whole deal, you know. So it's a lot. Yeah, but and you know, I've been in Saudi, and I know the India, but the India didn't give you the 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 service you're looking for. The Indian guys, sure. it's always an electronic and something. On the service, no. You didn't have this um, hospitality touch. Sure. It's not part of their culture. Yeah. Okay. So it's not this culture for, but still they are can do the job for the housekeeping job. I mean, the, all this, but service to be waiter, to be manager, no. Sure. So... This might sound like a crazy question, but I'm very curious. Um, yeah. Would it be safe for me to travel to Egypt right now and come and visit your resort as an American? So again. Oh, would it, would, it would be totally safe for me to come and travel to Egypt and visit your resort, right? Yes, 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 okay. totally safe. This is why we have the... Uh, this conference for the COP twenty two on Sharm el Sheikh, and all we have a hundred and forty uh, president and prime president from the all the world. Uh, this just okay. finished yesterday. Start from eleven, and uh, two weeks ago we have uh, you know uh, Stephanie Ricci, the um, the one for the fashion from um, France. He had a five half visitor on on Luxor in Hatshepsut. Uh, Timble um, for a big event. So totally the country very safe. Good. And, you know, I just, I've never been to the Middle East. I've never been to Asia. And I was just curious. I've traveled to Europe extensively, but not um, over there. So I just wanted to know. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So yeah, by the way, the my, my wife, oh, God. my wife from Swiss, so I know Europe very well. They seem the same safe like Europe. Oh, wonderful. That's great to hear because I do have rest. I have clients in Egypt, so that's wonderful. Um, okay. Wonderful. Uh, what, by the way, have you, have you been to Switzerland with your wife? Is it wonderful? Yes. Uh, she's from Zug and I've been there to 
twice of time on next next uh, February are gonna be there as well. Oh man, we are dying to go to Switzerland. Like, and I actually interviewed another woman <laughs> who has a house it's in Switzerland, country. and it's great, cool. Yeah. All right. Question number four: What is the one thing you thought yeah. your industry would be doing right now that it isn't? Uh, as you mentioned, that's for the staff. I was um, was my dream to have um, this country number one in hospitality in terms of the staff and this. However, we cannot do this because of the what's happened for the tourists and people left. Uh, but uh, hopefully, with the help of the government, we we send a couple of suggestions to the government to have. And um, each area which have a lot of hotels, like some schools, and those schools can be uh, supplying the good staff and uh, well education, and all the hotels can take care of them on their on their uh, study time, so they can um, producing for us uh, a hospitality technician, a hospitality waiter, a hospitality chef. This is what we're looking for. So hopefully, this is going to be soon, inshallah. So basically, you guys have gone to the government and said, hey, we need some like technical schools for these high school yes. kids that don't want to necessarily go to college so they can get trained up to work in our industry. Yes. Yes. You didn't need to have people has college. You need to have people has has a brain, has hospitality touch, has a, 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 a personality. Uh, and that's it behavior and attitude that is the most the rest i can do i can and i can teach them all the skills they need but the attitude behavior and the uh, the basic stuff we need well and i mean like look at yourself right you started off as a busboy and a waiter and now you're the assistant gm of a i would assume a very lucrative property you know what i mean it's like this and i always say this probably people are tired of me saying it but hospitality is one of those careers where you don't need a college degree to make a great living and have a great life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, right. Would you have traveled the world like you had if you had not been in the hospitality industry? Yeah. So, exactly. So, cool. Well, that's really cool. That's yeah. smart. You know, it, it's interesting because there's this guy here uh, and uh, in the U.S., right? And his name is Mike yes. Rowe, and he was a host of a TV show on the Discovery Channel called Dirty Jobs. And it was just a it was a show where he would go work the dirtiest, grossest jobs ever. Like he'd work in a slaughterhouse, he'd work cleaning out sewers, you know, just whatever. But he has become this huge yes. advocate of uh, technical education, right? Because the whole country yes. was like, well, you got to have a bachelor's degree or you, uh, you have to go to university or you, you you know that's the only path for like 30 years that became the only path yet we have all of these very lucrative you know i would say manual not manual labor but like skilled labor jobs that aren't getting filled because uh the the air the high school the education in the country went away from having these technical skills where you could learn how to right. be a chef or be a plumber or those kinds of things. And he's really been out there here in the US trying to make some noise and go, hey, that's not the only path. You know, my my air conditioning guy has like a like a $200,000 sports car. 
So he's obviously doing okay, right? Like, you know, you can do okay mm. without a bachelor's degree for sure. So I think that's a really great thing right. you guys are doing. Okay, so we're here to question number so five much. now, <laughs> which is give yeah. me a really funny or cringeworthy story from your past. Just one of those, it could be one of those moments where you were like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? How did we get through this? You know, one of those war stories that happens to people in our industry. Okay. Okay. What happened with us on Seychelles? Um, we used to have all what product in terms of the food, vegetable, um, gas, lender from Singapore by boat. Sure. And those people from Somalia, they said, they we call that the, 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 the jack out the, the ship. What you have the all pirates. the food and all the projects. Yes, the pirates. They take the ship out. Then suddenly we have nothing. Whoa. So what we one night was there and uh, I was the in charge of the food and beverage and I said well, people went to have food. Then we okay say let's guy what we we're gonna like this. We go to the beach and we make like a um, charcoal grill. We make the um, we use the cook on the, the the trees and dust to make fire and then we start we do the um, the burger and the mix the mix grill and we have the the vegetable from the farm from this we chopped it and the bread and we make it like a, a day things so people didn't feel it and take it at the funny wow so basically your supply ship got taken by somali pirates and you guys had to yes. improvise to feed the people at the resort and you were getting food from the local people yeah. you were using what you had from the freezer and you just cooked it on the beach using like down trees anything we find and then we make it funny for everybody and the guest was very happy they feel like okay we've been like uh we're in mountain and we're trying this just to be on how we make our life is easier without the uh, uh gas without this and without this and we make it really nice i still remember that, this like yesterday that is incredible these somali pirates man they gotta do something about these guys <laughs> oh my gosh that is awesome story that's up there <laughs> So like I've probably done over, I have to go look at this exact number, but I've done over a hundred of these. There's like three or four stories that really stick out and your Somali pirate stories in the top five, for sure. Yes, I have another one in, in Saudi on, in, on Mecca. We used to do the Hajj season, you know Hajj? Yep, and everybody comes back to in Saudi, Mecca. right? Yeah, in Mecca and we used to feed, uh, I, I used to feed 4,000. 200 people breakfast lunch and dinner on a small um camp we call camp because this is an area yeah. when you have this uh, very basic uh, staff to cook and this and suddenly the bread is finished and on 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 this area you, you, you block all the area around you know, there is no entrance there is no car you have to get your supply in advance and uh, uh, no cars can understand. So we take the trolley and we take walk with the trolley for like one, um, two kilometer to get bread and come back on the trolley under the heat of 64 degrees. <laughs> Nuts. 
That's crazy. 4,200 people, three meals a day. Yes. Wow. So you have to move to transfer the bread from the car because two away, two meter, two kilometer away. So you go on back, go on back until you refill the the bread again because it's finished. Well, I gotta look this up too, real quick. Sixty four Celsius. <laughs> to Hundred and forty seven degrees. Sixty four Celsius degrees. is one hundred and forty seven. Yeah, in Mecca on on summer and time, it's reached this number. Oh my god! I can tell you exactly what's happened when you have pens and shirt in the morning, which in blue color. On end of the day, you throw them in the garbage because the color is gone. Wow! And it's just a dry, brutal heat. Yes. How it must be miserable to cook. Can you put like air conditionings or something in those tents for the cooks? We, but you can you, we have the air conditioning on the on the camp for the people, but on you make it like small camp rooms, 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 because you have you have the guests each eight on one rooms, like a gypsum board style, and you have this for eight, yeah. and you have the air condition, but you do um uh, the street and this there is no air condition so you you serve on the street wow so the oh my gosh so you're literally yeah. going through a pair of clothes a day because they're just destroyed yeah yes but uh, uh it was it was okay for me i was fine i remember one night um uh the cold water is, is being finished, and we used to have at least uh, on 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 daily basis like ten thousand bottle of water for the gas, and suddenly all of them is finished because they were going for uh, some of the um, brains, so they take all the water, and we have to recall the ten thousand bottle. So we have like freezer, we put the bring the the bottle, put the freezer, put the ice, and plug it in the electricity board side, and close it. On two hours, we have to. Recall two hundred two uh, ten thousand bottle of water. There is many story in this one. <laughs> but see, that's what's so cool about that. That's why I call the the question the war story because, like, obviously you're not. These are the stories that make like your hospitality career interesting. Is when you get through something like that and you're like, wow, nobody can imagine what that was actually like. You know, wonderful. Yes, well, uh, and, and this is make you sorry. No, go please finish up. This is this is uh, this is teach you a lot. Teach you when anything is can come right now. It's easy because you've done the 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 most of difficult thing in your life. So anything is come upcoming or coming next or not gonna be this difficult. It's gonna be even easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, that's why basic training in the military is so hard so that the rest of your yes. military career, minus if you go to war, it, it's easier, Absolutely. you know, it, you go yeah, through something so hard. Yes. Oh. yes. Well, Muhammad, yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was awesome. I loved your war stories. Uh, I hope that you are successful on your plastic remediation project because I think so that's much. so cool. And, uh, I just, it was a wonderful to meet you. Uh, and thank you guys for listening to the show. I hope you like this episode and we'll be back with another episode soon.